0: Driving to the hospital, tears poured down my face so hard I had to pull the car over and yell at God as I wondered if I'd ever hear the words that my husband was cancer-free. Curled over the toilet and vomiting uncontrollably, I wondered if my marriage would ever mend. Walking around my parents' neighborhood with my husband, we wondered when we'd have to stop waiting and be financially stable enough to buy our own home anxiously waiting by the phone for an acceptance call, only to find out they'd hired someone more qualified. I'd say I've done my fair share of waiting, and I'm not sure that I really waded through each of those scenarios very well, some more so than others. And maybe today you find yourself asking God, when will it end? Or you've long since cried all the tears you could, and you've just accepted that this is just how it's going to be, and you've lost hope. If you're in a season of waiting right now tune in for some encouragement and insight on how to wait well so go grab your coffee and get ready maybe some tissues too because here we go this isn't a game of ding dong ditch and don't worry i'm not a solar panel salesman i'm just here to see you friend Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to The Jar Podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. So I was walking with my friend the other day. I just met up with her at her house, and we were walking around her neighborhood, processing just some of life's toughest questions. Her her daughter is battling leukemia and is technically in remission right now, but she's got some other symptoms that are potentially scary. And, you know, as a mom, you don't want to wait for an answer. You want to solve the problem right now. If you can't take their place, you want to get them what they need and solve the problem. And it can be so difficult to wait for an answer or a diagnosis or healing or anything like that. And, you know, as we're talking and walking, we're just processing the, the anger that sometimes we feel when things seem to go against what might be best or good, or in our opinions, what would be best or good. You know, we're processing, is it okay to feel angry uh, while we're waiting? And can we trust God and feel angry? This whole waiting on God thing is not easy. Some people may claim that it's easy. (laughs) From most of my experiences and most of my friends, when we talk about it, it's not easy. And so, you know, it just kind of got me thinking like, how do we wait well? What does that even mean? Is it possible? I think, as usual, the Bible gives us the answers. I think God gave us so many examples from other people struggling through the waiting period, struggling through and having difficulties and questioning and feeling angry and wondering and not necessarily going through it with the joy and the, you know, happiness that some people say is possible. Is it possible? Maybe. But most of our life experiences, if you look back at your own life and think about the times when you were waiting, waiting to get married, waiting to have a baby, waiting to wait, waiting to get a, a degree, waiting for a healing, waiting for anything, a lot of that is usually mixed with negative experiences or negative feelings or even negative mindsets. You know, I just, I pulled some of my friends and asked them what they thought waiting well meant and some of the answers were pretty good and i'll get to those in a little bit but i want to start with some examples in the bible of people waiting either doing it well or not doing it well and what that means so the first ones that came to my mind were comparing hannah and sarah and if you know anything about either one of them they both were women who really 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 wanted a baby Hannah really wanted a baby and had been waiting a very long time, and so was Sarah. And you're probably more familiar with um, Sarah's story. Hold on, I'm looking up the story of Hannah because I don't remember exactly where. I, t- I know it's in Samuel, but yeah, 1 Samuel. Okay, so in um, in Hannah's story, in 1 Samuel 1 verse 10, it says, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly bitterly (laughs) indicates a long journey doesn't it like when someone's bitter it's not that they've been waiting for just a little bit or that something happened once no this is an anguish and bitterness that means this journey has been long and arduous for her and waiting for a baby has been something that's taken so long and she's probably at that point of kind of losing hope and feeling, feeling angry, but she, in her anger, where was she? She was in the temple, made, (laughs) and even made, let me see. Okay. Yeah. It made the, uh, the priest Eli in first Samuel chapter one, verse 13, it says, Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. (laughs) She was praying so fervently in the temple And looking like a crazy person and willing to look like a crazy person. Because in her waiting, that's just all she could do. Was just come before the Lord and weep and pour her heart out. And look like a crazy person in front of priests and people that were never acting that way. Probably always on their best manners. And that's just one example of how honestly waiting well means coming before the Lord. Even in our anguish and even with our... Bitterness, coming before him messy and broken and crying and some of my messiest moments, you know, my my hair all over the place, tears streaming down my face, snot everywhere. It's not pretty and my heart's not any prettier. But I'm coming to God in my waiting and in my questioning. And then let's take Sarah. Most of you probably know, you know, the Sunday school version story of or version of the story of sarah and abraham and being told that they're gonna have a baby and she laughs and it's funny and oh, ha ha, but what does she do after that she doesn't get a baby right away and in her waiting i don't know if you know the story very well but if you don't she ends up growing impatient wanting to help God along with his promise and tells her husband, and I've talked about this in other episodes too, but tells her husband, hey, go sleep with uh, my servant girl and we'll get the, the baby that way. She's not patiently waiting. And in her either lack of trust or bitterness or anger, tries to find a shortcut. And in my mind, that is not waiting well. Waiting in that case is forcing God's promises to come true or in our lack of trust or hope for what he says is going to come true and and, uh, believing his promises or doubting his promises, um, we tend to try to cut corners or force something to happen instead of just coming before the Lord, even with our brokenness. We try to buck up buttercup and pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and make something happen. And you know that the results tend to be um, consequences that we wouldn't have had to face if we would have waited well. You know, God still kept his promise. He provided a child for both Hannah and Sarah, but in Sarah's haste and doubt and not waiting well was born Ishmael. You know, there's all the story behind that of the clashing of the of the two sons and and their descendants and stuff. But God provided what he said he would provide for both of them. One waited well, one did not. So let's take a couple other examples. I thought also of the Israelites and Abraham and how both of them were led uh, away from a homeland or a place that they knew well. The Israelites had been in captivity for so long, it felt like home to them. And Abraham was told to go, to leave suddenly from where he was. And the Israelites, you know, they were led out of slavery and rescued. Uh, and, and we're told they were going to a promised land. But even in that journey, in that waiting period, because, you know, I'm sure God could have snapped his fingers and made them show up suddenly in the promised land. But oftentimes, he leads us through a journey during the waiting period to teach us something to show us more about himself before we get there. And the Israelites didn't wait well. I think we all can testify to that. They complained about their food, they complained about no water, they complained about their their leadership. And when their leader went to go up to the mountain to, to talk with God and, and ultimately get the Ten Commandments, and in that time they built a calf to worship, and so they ended up, their hearts had turned away from God, during that period of waiting so quickly and worshiped something else. And, you know, they waited longer and longer and longer then because of the consequences of that. And just the contrast between the Israelites turning so quickly and building something else to worship in that waiting period and Abraham in his waiting, how he handled it. And his, his um, first reaction was to worship and to obey. There is a way to wait well, even with uncertainty, even with um, lack of direction or not knowing where things are going. And again, God stuck to what he said he was going to do, and he led both of them. He led the Israelites and he led Abraham. He still led the Israelites to the promised land, Of course, there were consequences along the way of who actually got to go in and who didn't. And so, again, waiting well often has repercussions on us if we do or if we don't wait well. God will stick to his end of the bargain, but we will either have more consequences or we'll worship along the way and and see God's um, provision in, in a new way when we wait well. So then there was a couple other ones that I wanted to point out in the Bible. And uh, one of them was Joseph. And, you know, he waited for a really long time for a lot of things. For one, he waited after he had this vision and this stirring in in his little spirit and these dreams, literal dreams when he was a child of what was going to happen in the future, I think it was a a glimpse from God of something that he could cling on to when he was going through the waiting period. Maybe he didn't know it at the time, I'm sure, because he then went and told all his brothers, guess what? I had a dream that you're all going to bow down to me. And, you know, probably should have kept that to himself. But God kind of gave him that little glimpse of, this is what I'm going to do, and this is the good that I'm going to bring out of some really hard times. And sometimes God will give us these moments these visions or dreams or understandings of something down the road that give us hope to get through a waiting period not all the time but sometimes and in this case joseph had to wait a long time to know what that was going to be or what that would look like but he went through a lot of trials and he was a a slave. He was sold into slavery by his own family and betrayed, and had to be thrown in prison for something he didn't even do. Then he had to wait through a, a, a season of drought and, and and famine. And what did he do in all of those waiting periods? Did he just sit back and give up? No. He rose to the top position wherever he was as the head prisoner in charge of the other prisoners as right hand to pharaoh overseeing and he became second in command over a place that had initially taken him as a slave and so a lot of times waiting well can have such positive repercussions of um we don't have to let it beat us up and we don't have to be victimized we don't have to choose to wallow in our grief or in our confusion or in our waiting period and it doesn't take away the feelings i'm sure joseph felt betrayed and he felt wronged and he felt accused falsely accused and he felt ostracized and alone for years and years and years and yet he waited well and he rose to the top each time ultimately god then fulfilling that plan he had for him to use him, in a in a positive way. So another one is King David, and I like this example because you know he was anointed also as a, a young man. He was um, anointed as king, but didn't actually take that spot as king until years later. You know he came into um, or underneath King Saul as, as a harp player and kind of learned. The ropes sort of like an apprentice and when things got rough after he'd waited a long time and grew up and he king saul knew that david was was going to be taking his place and king saul was chasing david and was after him not only was david waiting but he was waiting with attacks and i'm sure a lot of us feel like in our waiting periods um, like Satan's attacking us or that things are just coming against us and we don't understand why is this happening? Why does one thing happen after another? And can I please catch a break? But what David did when he had an opportunity to take the throne before King Saul left the throne, you know, um, I guess Saul came into a cave where David was hiding and David was right there and he had the chance to to kill Saul instead of killing him, he left a, him a little message and just kind of like cut his his cloak or his, his garment, whatever it was. And Saul knew that his life had been spared, but that was really David o- obeying and waiting well. He didn't take the opportunity and cut corners and rush things again. He waited until it was proper time and God led him into that position. And the last one that I'll just briefly mention, because I've talked about him before in another episode, is Jonah and how he did not wait well. <laughs> in fact, when he was given a mission by God and and disobeyed, and uh, you know spent a, a few days trying to run away, he ended up having to wait in a very unexpected way, in the belly of a big fish, and God made him wait longer and in this nasty pit of a stomach of this big old fish I'm sure it was disgusting and smelly and and he was made to wait in a way that he wouldn't have if he would have just obeyed and a lot of times waiting can be a a trial and a test because God is trying to teach us something or maybe it's a consequence that we are suffering for our own choices and so sometimes it's necessary to look kind of pause and and zoom out of yourself for a second and and think am i going through this waiting period because of something that i missed or i know that god has asked me to do this or that and 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 i'm not those are just some of the examples that i you know thought of real quick off the top of my head as god showing us what waiting well can look like and when it's not done well what that looks like also but regardless he is faithful and I'll get back to that point in a minute but I want to think about what it looks like to wait well um so my family and I are big uh movie quote people and one of our favorite movies is the princess bride and you know the short little bald guy I forget his name but when he's waiting on the giant and some of the others If y'all know the movie, he throws his hands up and he says, I'm waiting. And, you know, I tend to have that tendency of um, I'm waiting and I'm getting impatient and can this hurry, hurry up and happen, please, God, or why aren't you showing up yet? And sometimes we can tend to get very impatient with him because we fail to recognize all the stuff that he's trying to teach us or show us along the way. But you know, waiting well. I w- I just want to clear the air here. It does not mean um, having a a cheerful facade. I mean, if if you truly have found a peaceful, joyful place in your waiting, and you can genuinely express that you are you're able to wait expectantly and have joy, then that's wonderful. And I'm sure that that was not an easy journey to get to that point. But it's. Waiting well does not mean pretending. It doesn't mean smiling and saying, "Oh, God'll provide," and, you know, he'll he'll show up and and throwing those clichés out there because you know that other people want to hear that you're waiting well. But then you go home and then you are depressed and sad and and don't know what to do and maybe you start cutting corners and disobeying God behind closed doors that nobody else sees. All they see is is what you're pretending to put on. And God's not asking for that. He never once asks us to pretend. He wants our hearts to trust him, and he wants us to learn to wait expectantly and with joy, but he's not asking for us to walk around with our church face on and, and, and pretend. So you don't have to always smile through it when someone asks you, you know, how are you, and you're really not doing well, or it's difficult waiting. You know, just be honest. And it doesn't mean that your experiences are going to be pain-free. Waiting well on God doesn't mean that necessarily that He's just going to suddenly wipe away all the pain. He does care and He he counts our tears and, and He can offer comfort and peace in the midst of pain, but it doesn't necessarily mean that our circumstances are going to change. He has the power to change them, but He doesn't necessarily change the circumstances. Sometimes He's changing us. So, I think it's a matter of the heart with waiting well. You know, what is our what is our attitude or our response when we're asked to wait? Will we obey like Abraham? Will we complain like the Israelites? Will we trust initially? And he's going to use it all for his glory. But along the way, what are we going to do? Are we going to stop and worship when, when, when God shows up here and shows up there and tells us a little bit more there? Are we going to turn to a false idol and cling to something like health or wealth or anything good in our lives to self-medicate or to make it feel like we're not going through this difficult journey? Are we going to be steadfast in our faith and know that God is sovereign and that he has a purpose to all of this? So our mindset needs to be fixed and, and planted and rooted in God's faithfulness and the truth of his word. So there's a couple words I'm pulling from a few songs that whenever I'm going through a period of waiting, I listen to these on repeat all the time. And I can remember distinctly where I was, when I was listening to them, and different seasons of waiting in my life. And so there's three words that I think waiting well means. Waiting patiently, waiting obediently, and waiting faithfully. Those words come from a song by John Waller called... um, Worship While I'm Waiting, or maybe it's just called While I'm Waiting. And some of the lyrics say, I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm hopeful, waiting on you, Lord. Though it's painful, but patiently I will wait. And I will move ahead bold and confident, taking every step in obedience while I'm waiting. I will serve you, worship, and will not faint. I'll be running the race even while I wait. I'm peaceful, waiting on you, Lord. Though it's not easy, no, but faithfully I will wait. And so waiting, again, doesn't mean that problems disappear or that we feel good necessarily. But it does feel good to wait faithfully and peacefully and patiently. So those byproducts, when we wait patiently, obediently, and faithfully, the byproducts of being more hopeful, more peaceful, strengthened, bold, and confident, those come from waiting that way. You know, when we obey obediently, we are emboldened and confident because we know that he will show us what that next step is. You know, the the verse that talks about the Lord is near, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God in the the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We can walk through a waiting period with this peace that is inexplicable. And I can testify to that through what I've been through. There have been such tumultuous times, and yet I've been able to walk through them with peace. It doesn't make sense to other people. And that honestly points to Jesus and, and makes others go, wait, how— how are you possibly feeling peace right now aren't you scared or aren't you worried aren't you this or that and yes those feelings can be there but with him and waiting well with him means he gives us that peace and we're strengthened you know isaiah forty thirty one says that they that wait on the lord will renew their strength they will rise up on wings like eagles they will walk and not grow weary they will run and not be faint we can walk through a waiting period with with strength. That doesn't make sense to us because, you know, in, in our flesh, we are. Huh, that's a firework and it's only July 2nd. Oh, wonderful. Enjoy the show behind me. <laughs> anyway, we are strengthened because we're walking hand in hand with God and he is faithful, even though we don't know where we're going sometimes. So we can be bold and confident in our steps, strengthened in our journey, and feel peaceful and more hopeful during our waiting period. So I want to leave you with this. How how will you wait well the next time you go through something? How are you going to get through that waiting period differently than maybe you have in other waiting periods? I have a couple suggestions. One, look back. Look back and remember what he's done look back at all those little altars you've built along the way go back again and go oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah god showed up here he showed up here he showed up here he's going to do it again remember what he brought you out of and don't forget his faithfulness until you're in a season of waiting again if you wait until you're waiting again to look back you're not going to build that resiliency and and that your brain's not going to remember those things as quickly I'm snapping my fingers like y'all can see me. Those altars that are built along the way physically in Abraham's time were because other people would come after or they would circle back and remember. Do that by journaling or do that by writing notes down and sticking them around your house. Uh, Some people do it with tattoos, whatever works for you. Do something that's going to remind you of God's faithfulness. So that when you go through a season of waiting again, you can wait better and well. Worship Him in the highs so that you can hold on to that in the lows. He is steady and trustworthy even when our circumstances are not. And we can wait well because of that. So I pray a blessing over you. I pray that if you're in a season of waiting right now that you found some hope in this message. And I pray that when you go through another season of waiting, that you can remember how good and how faithful he is. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday. Same time, same place.